Charlotte, I would like to endorse you to be the next president of the United States. Oh, my God. You've been a great secretary. Of state. Which state again? All of them. Is the secretary of state looking at us? I kind of know her. It's like kind of knowing a mermaid. Do you tell people that? She probably doesn't remember who I am. Secretary of Field. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo video digital media today we are discussing long shot directed by who the hell is this directed by jonathan levine uh seth rogan uh friend director and writer they've collaborated on a few uh uh movies together such as um this director is known for 50 50 with uh seth rogan and um joseph gordon levitt um, this director also did Snatched with uh, Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn. Um, this director also created, uh, produced, or directed the movie The Night Before, which uh, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Seth Rogen again. So this is uh, one of Seth Rogen's uh, go-to guys that he, he works with. Um, I actually liked the movie... Oh. He was a writer on Warm Bodies. Um, he was not the director. That, oh, he was the director. He was director and a writer on uh, Warm Bodies. And I, I like that movie. I thought that was kind of a cute movie. Um, so today we have Long Shot, um, directed by Jonathan Levine, starring Charlize Theron as Charlotte Field, Seth Rogen as Fred Flarsky, June Diane Raphael as Maggie McMillan, Milliken, Sorry, I said McMillan. It's Milliken. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., which is uh, Ice Cube's son. And uh, Ravi Patel is Tom. And Bob Odenkirk and Andy Serkis uh, uh, also are in this cast as well. So, um, let me see how we're going to break this down. First of all, this movie was supposed to be called Flarsky for the longest time. I found out that they changed the name on this kind of last minute. I'm not really sure why they went with long shot because it really doesn't feel like it really means much. And it's kind of, uh, and it's not that great of a title. It's not memorable in my opinion. But um, so let me give you a little bit of a synopsis and detail about what this is, uh, what this is about. So this movie is two hours, five minutes on a budget of $40 million. Jeez. Um, wow, that is high ass budget. That just sounds high as balls in my opinion i'm not really sure why they had such a high budget for this uh uh this comedy so um here's the synopsis when fred flarsky reunites with his first crush one of the most influential women in the world charlotte field he charms her as she prepares to make a run for the presidency charlotte hires fred as her speechwriter and sparks fly so that's the loose synopsis of what this movie's about. Um, this is basically reverse Cinderella, reverse Pretty Woman. It's uh, instead of you know the 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 girl that's down on her luck, uh, bumping into the multimillionaire uh, model. Um, this is the reverse role. It's um, it's the down on their luck man or male, and they're bumping into or 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 they're interested in someone that is uh, extremely beautiful and extremely um, 
well connected in uh, in politics for one thing, but someone that's just doing overall a lot better probably with their career. Um, and they're and they're much more in the spotlight. So basically, this is a reverse Cinderella uh, story with uh, Seth Rogen as I guess Cinderella. <laughs> so it's um. With saying that, you're you're thinking, okay, so uh, it's probably a little bit of comedy, a little bit of romance. Uh, what what works, what doesn't work, and so first things that uh, I need to say about this is that it's two hours and five minutes, and it's in it's thirty minutes too long. This movie does not need to be any any minute over an hour and a half. Most. Uh, Romantic comedies are about an hour 45, so two hours was stretching it a little bit. Um, the writing on this, who are the writers on here? Dan Sterling, Liz Hanna, here, I'll go through them. Dan Sterling is a writer on Longshot, The Grinder, uh, The Interview with uh, Seth Rogen, and he was also uh, a writer on The Office and Susan 313 and Girls. Uh, among other things. Liz Hanna was on the screenplay as, on this as well. She was known for being a writer on Longshot, Hello Apartment, The Post, Guidance, and Skin. Um, we also have one more writer, which is... Oh, no, those are the only two writers. My bad. So, between those two writers, it was kind of... In my opinion. Basically... Fred Flarsky is a goof, and Charlize Theron is uh, a politician, and their two worlds never mesh. They never match. They never are on the same level, if that makes sense. The whole movie really hinges on us believing that uh Seth Rogen as Fred Flarsky and Charlotte Field uh you know Charlie Theron have some sort of romantic connection and in the synopsis it says that uh, you know back in the day they knew each other it was because she was his babysitter at like I don't know he was way too old to have a babysitter at age 13 or something like that and um she was his babysitter at the age of while she was 16 and apparently Fred got you know he 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 got the hots for her. he had a crush for her way back in the day and so he wants to uh kind of follow through with that um but the thing is the movie the movie is is wacky but it's also like all right is all right we're we're, we're going to take this seriously too right now so it's like this weird tonal shift of this romantic comedy, but also we got to take it seriously. And it's, it never felt like the two um, tonal themes ever matched up together. I felt like the movie hinges on Fred Flarsky and Charlotte Field being in a relationship and falling in love. And they don't really feel like they ever fall in love because uh, they feel more like they're in a friendship and less of a, a romantic relationship. But I thought they have good friend chemistry but it's the the whole movie relies on you thinking that Seth Rogen and uh Charlize Theron are you know compatible and I don't think in even this fantasy world that would happen um I just it it uh it's not it's not because of the looks it's not because of the style I just something about the writing in it was it was really wacky at some points, and then other times they would try to say, oh, we're going to try to take this real seriously, or we're going to try to make a real political statement uh, or something. And 
neither of which really hit the ball really that great. And I think I just chuckled throughout most of it. I was never, you know, slapping my knees saying, oh my gosh, this is the, you know, the next best thing. Um, but I, I guess this is good counter-programming considering this came out um, over the same weekend as in-game from what I heard. I'm not 100% sure, but um, yeah, I... I was not a fan of the romantic relationship between uh, the two the two leads. The one thing I did like was the the co-stars. I thought the co-stars were doing an excellent job with the writing that they they were given. It was um, a lot of the stuff they were given was kind of uh, a little wacky and uh, somewhat situational humor. I would say, and majority of it worked. When you know, with the exception of like crack a down or something like that, like. There were a couple times where it felt like those were clearly written by Caucasian individuals writing for, you know, people of color saying, you know, kind of uh, using coding or something like that. You know, when when you're saying something, you know, kind of like a quote unquote slang or talking quote unquote jive, it's sort of in the realm of coding. And it's, um, you know, when, you know, when someone's like, damn, you know, or something like that, it, it's that kind of thing. It's just unnecessary especially in this kind of movie and, and I um I really think this third act of the movie really is just it's just kind of a wet blanket like that it's it's not like well the consequences within the movie feel almost non-existent and there's almost never a time that I felt like we we're in you know bad territory like they're not going to work out or you know I never really felt like I was feeling for the characters and I honestly started to think that I was like I like the, the the side characters better and they're making me laugh more than the main characters are so there's just an overall script problem when it comes to the theme thematic tones with it um uh I think Charlize Theron's amazing in pretty much everything she's in Sometimes when she's asked to act goofy, it feels a little out of place just because they're like, oh, we need her to be goofy or we need her to know uh, nerdy uh, uh, pop culture references and stuff like that. And it just felt a little out of place. Like, I don't feel like she knows about Game of Thrones. <laughs> and first of all, uh, 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 and secondly, this movie doesn't give a shit about spoilers. This They literally spoil like two or three they they spoil season seven of Game of Thrones, and they spoil um, I think they spoil some Avengers stuff because they are actually in the movie watching multiples of these movies. Okay, so let me go back a little bit on uh, some some things I was not feeling. So some things I'm not too crazy about these days that seem to be a trope in movies. Oh my goodness, we're going viral! It feels like. Not only, oh my goodness, we're going viral happens once, but it happens twice. Um, normally, I don't get up in arms when I see uh, uh, an obvious celebrity cameo on the on the screen, but they're like, oh hey, it's Mister So and So, it's Mister, uh, it's little, it's little this or, uh, you know, young this or you know, something that. It, the thing is. Something about having real life celebrities come onto this uh, onto the movie and you acknowledge them as the real life celebrities kind of takes me out of the movie, especially if you do it multiple times throughout um the the course of the movie. So if you have multiple um, cameo guests, it just feels like oh my gosh, it 
a lot of the ideas feel repeated, honestly. And uh, that's my biggest takeaway from it is that the uh, the jokes start to become repeated. Not all of them are landing. Occasionally, they take themselves a little too seriously. But if you do, if you buy <laughs> Seth Rogen's ability to, uh, you know, to talk to Charlize Theron and them having some sort of relationship, this movie might work for you. Otherwise, it's just kind of a cute, ditzy, forgettable movie. And that's kind of what I was thinking about it. Um, without saying any spoilers, there, um, there is one scene of them that um, really works when they're. It shows them as uh, when they're in the babysitting stage or whatever when they're younger. Um, I thought this movie would have worked ten times better if we would have had maybe some flashbacks or something like that of their younger selves, so that we could get some character development between them as uh, individuals when they were younger, so we kind of understood their lifestyles growing up and who they were. Cause I honestly, after watching this, I just felt like, uh, Seth Rogue, uh, Fred Flarsky is just kind of like a down and out writer somehow gets picked up by Charlize Theron, even though he's not even a great writer. Um, and I thought the overall movie would would have worked a lot better if they just had more character development before leading up to their, uh, them reuniting and I think using flashbacks could have done that um so let's go ahead and talk um before we hop into spoilers the majority of these songs all like recent pop hit songs like they just feel like nonsensical nothing songs or I don't want to say nonsensical nothing songs it's just your general top 40 it just feels like all right we made this two years ago let's you know throw some songs in that are hot now so it just feels eh, a little little um outdated when it comes to that I will say they tried to have like uh they tried to talk about politics and they try to bring um you know smart quote-unquote smart writing into this smart journal journalism journalism um into the story and i think that completely falls flat didn't see it didn't feel it fred Flarsky is not a fantastic writer in my opinion i was like what the hell <laughs> no he's just like f this f that and so um not a great writer let's jump into spoilers for long shot now we are discussing spoilers for Long Shot. This will probably be a quick one. Um, well, basically, the entire movie hinges on uh, on you believing their relationship. Also, there is this small segment of Charlotte Field trying to make sure that she has a good reputation and people are accepting of her. And so having Flarsky on her team or even in a relationship or being publicly shown in a relationship with him is not ideal from um, uh, from the political standpoint. But then they completely go back on all of that and say, fuck it. Um, it's OK to be with Flarsky. It's OK to have this goofball. Um, I guess she ends up marrying him at the end. Husband, they, he becomes the first man. And it's just like, what the fuck? They just yada yada a whole bunch of shit. Um, yeah, it's it's straight up fantasy. It gets it gets re ridiculous at the end. Um, I gave this a six out of ten. 
Um, I really enjoyed the the side characters. I do feel that uh, you know he has the 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 black best friend um, of O'Shea Jackson Jr. I kind of uh, you know how many times do we see the 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 person of color as the best friend that is you know kind of a little extra flamboyant you know um, so uh, nothing wrong with that. I like the I like the actor. I like the writing. The thing is, it's a little outdated of a trope. Um, and it's sort of becoming a stereotype. Um, love B- Bob Odenkirk in this as President Chambers. Um, I thought he was hilarious in this and the, and the little bit he had. Uh, Ravi Patel is Tom. He was one of the other advisors. He was hilarious. When you find out that, uh, <laughs> when you find out, uh, Maggie and Tom are sleeping together. Oh my gosh, this shit is so funny. <laughs> and I thought, honestly, the relationship between the other two, uh, the other characters work so much better. I don't know. Just even, there was like multiple times where uh, Charlie's there and wants to have sex, or she, they're about to have sex, and it is like the most awkward shit I've I've seen. It's just awkward ass uh, just scenes, and I, they're un, they're not believable. And uh, I don't know. It, it it's the this type of movie is for someone, and that someone's not for me. <laughs> um. Fred Florsky at the end, you know, jizzes on his face at the very end. It is just gross, and I don't, I don't really know why that became such a big deal. I know that they kind of have like a Roger Ailes or Rod, whoever hell, uh, someone representing Fox News is supposed to be on here, uh, or they're supposed to look like they're representing Fox News, and. Uh, they're the ones that are going to, you know, publish the tape. And it's like, there, there's a lot of political leanings toward the left in this. I will tell you that. If, you, if you're if you a conservative, you're not going to like this movie. Probably you're not. Um, because they clearly, well, with the exception of one or two jokes, I think they're clearly left-leaning. And uh, you know, nothing wrong with that, just like stating it sometimes. Um, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Anything else we're going to do from here? Yeah, this is relatively, uh, relative. Oh, wow. That was Alexander Skarsgård as the Prime Minister James Stewart. I didn't recognize him at all. He, uh, I think he dyed his hair or they changed his hair to, uh, brown or something like that. And so he looks completely different. Um, yeah. I mean, Charlize Theron just looks so, she's, she's gorgeous. Um, let me see. I can't believe that's Alexander Skarsgård. That that guy did not look like him at all to me. I don't know. But, uh, all right. Well, we're going to hop off here. It's been a, another one. We, uh, covered Long Shot. Probably will never watch this again. So that's why I kind of record it. So just in case anyone asked me what I thought about this, I'll be like, eh, check this out. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, I said uh, about a six out of ten. Um, we have couple other um things coming down the tube i i think this is going to be coming down in a couple months i I doubt this will be coming out anytime soon so um check out the full library for uh all your podcast needs um and reviews tv movies reviews um we're recording this uh probably a few months back so um yeah we're we'll be um We'll be back in your podcast feed as soon as you uh, hit that update button. All right, now. So um, thank you for listening to the Luck Dog Podcast. Check us out on uh, SoundCloud for the full podcast. Um, for 
questions, comments, concerns, email us at theluckydogpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Lucky Dog Podcast. Facebook us. The Facebook group is uh, linked below. Um, Twitch, you can interact with me and uh, and or the guests that we have on in uh, chat. Ask questions. You know, do you think? Instagram, follow us. Um, the Lucky Dog Podcast. Thank you for listening and diggity. Kate Middleton. I see where you're going with this. We're to start dating Danny DeVito. Pretty negative reaction. The last time you got high was at a swing doctor's concert. We had a situation. Huh? I'm in so much trouble. What's happened? Are they out of water? <laughs> wow, he's so bendy, huh? Oh.